Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury free and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Oh, hey, hi, hello there, Marley. How's it going? I'm really good. Um, I'm busy. I way overscheduled myself for this week. Um, That's so shocking. You (laughs) overscheduled yourself for something? Insanity. always and then no i'm like way. oh i'm exhausted i'm gonna not do it and i'm like no you do this to yourself all the time like <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna learn from my lesson but no i'm good overall i'm you know, very very good one of How these days we're gonna learn i'm doing great uh yeah i don't really have more notes on that just doing great i rode mountain bikes in the dark the last two nights in a row okay so i met some really lovely frogs last night so that was a good time um but yeah we're we're just here and we're podcasting and this is the all bodies on bikes podcast and uh if you're new here we believe that all bodies are good bodies all bikes are good bikes and all rides should be celebrated 
and that we should talk about all those things more. So we started a podcast. We did. And that's why we're here. And today is going to be really fun because um, we have some near and dear friends slash volunteers slash people that actually do the work for All Bodies on Bikes. Um, and I'm really excited to have all of them on the podcast. Heck yeah. Um, so I guess without further ado, um, I'm going to dive in and tell you who we're chatting with today. Okay. Um, what? Tell you? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so All Bodies on Bikes, um, if you didn't know, has 11 regional chapters across the United States. Um, today, we're going to be chatting with our Denver team about their experiences leading an All Bodies on Bikes chapter, their motivations, and some learnings that they've had during their first year as an official All Bodies on Bikes chapter. Um, and we've got four of the chapter leaders on the call today, um, and Maggie and I will just take turns introducing them. Um, so I'll start with Noel. So Noel, they, them pronouns, um, white, queer, non-binary, fat femme who goes by they, them. Noelle likes bikes, hikes, baking, embroidering swear words. Oh, I want something embroidered. I want a big old F word. Um, drawing friendly monsters and fat ballerinas, being incon consistently inconsistent about all those hobbies just mentioned, and building community. Noelle is very consistent about that last one. We also have with us tonight Tara. And I'm going to interrupt my own self and make sure that I pronounce that correctly. Fantastic. Tara is here. Tara goes by she, her. Uh, she is a former triathlete, current gravel cyclist, and starting to dabble in mountain biking. Outside of cycling, Tara is a dog mom, physical therapist, and enjoys all the outdoor activities that Colorado has to offer, which is at least two. <laughs> Only two. At least. At least. I don't know. We could probably like do a whole podcast Maybe just three. like going through the alphabet naming outdoor activities you could do in Colorado. That's very true. All right. Our third leader that we have today is Beth. Um, Beth uses they, them, and she, her pronouns, and they are a white, large, agender person that believes N plus one is the correct amount of bikes. Beth is a former collegiate athlete that became a bike commuter, a long-distance backpacker, and then an adventure cyclist. Beth loves art, nature, dogs, coffee, and human connection. You have to. Those are four of the greatest things on planet Earth. And last but most exceptionally not least... We have our fourth Denver leader, Daniela, who goes by she, her. And Daniela is a fat, cishet, white, ADHD, happy Latina. Reconnected with bike riding a couple years ago as a way to spend time with her partner and enjoys dabbling in the sport of triathlon. And that's our Denver team. Welcome to the show, you all. Yay. Thanks for having us. Heck yeah. Um, so we've got a bunch of questions for you all. Um, and I think just to make it easier for the guests or for, for our podcast audience, um, as you're chatting, um, you know, as you pop on and to answer, just say, Hey, this is Noel. Hey, this is Tara. Um, so we know who's talking. Um, cause with six of us, the voices might get a little muddled. Um, so this first question is, I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, because it's, I think it's unique within the all bodies on bikes chapter model. Um, and so you guys have a really fascinating origin story of how you all got to know each other, how you decided to apply to be a chapter. Um, can you tell us that story? Sure. This is Daniela here. Um, 
So Noelle and I are in a Facebook group called Denver Fatties, of which Noelle is an amazing administrator. And they had posted soliciting interest in submitting an application to form a local ABOB chapter. I knew Noelle previously through work and decided to jump on board. It sounded fun and like a unique opportunity to expand the cycling community from a place of size and inclusion. Um, but no, I'm sure you have your part you want to talk about with that. Yeah, and when I this is Noel. When I saw the ABOB post on Instagram, I knew I wanted to be a part of building something I never had experienced in the Denver area, but I really didn't want to do it alone. So I think Tara, you commented on that. Um because we both, Tara is the incognito member of our group uh, on Instagram. She has no profile picture, but she tracks all the things happening. Uh, she's often our lead. But that was where I learned about the opportunity and coordinated all of us submitting an application together, which we did through Google Docs. And then we met for the first time in person, actually, at our very first ride that you were at, Marley. And that was a really fun um I realize now overwhelming for all of you ride. Um, and for that, I apologize. Um, I have gotten so used to this chaos that is like, oh, 50 people are going to show up to this ride and it's going to be fine. And I don't feel like I prepared you all adequately um, for that experience. But you all did such an amazing job of jumping in and taking on the leadership role. And um, that was such a great day. And it was really, really cool. Um, we'll dig into a little bit more about that ride and kind of what made it successful. Um, but just kudos to all of you. Um, can I ask, an, I'm going to ask a question about this Denver fatties group. Um, so for folks on the podcast, you probably heard Maggie and I, you know, self-identify as fat. Um, if you saw the all bodies on bikes film, Kaylee talks about that. Um, you know, we've kind of reclaimed that word, but I would love to learn more about the Denver fatties group. Um, you know, what kind of conversations are happening there or is it always sports related or you know, what is that community like and why is that important? Yeah, absolutely. And Beth, Danielle, and I are all in that group so we could speak to our own experiences. But back in the day, there was a podcast called She's All Fat, and they encouraged folks to create their own online fat communities. So a few folks got that started in Facebook. And it really is a community where myself and other administrators try to build community amongst folks who identify as fat or plus size. We are really careful about administering that group. We want to make sure it's a really safe space. And it's a lot of people, the very first question that gets asked or the most often question asked is really about um, medical issues or finding doctors who will care for them, who won't have anti-fat bias or who believe them about their issues they're experiencing. And then there's a lot of other things that happen in there. People talk about fat chin, they build community, they have events. Uh, it's a really great online space, but Daniela or Beth, if you want to share anything about it, I'd be happy to hear your perspective because I'm on the back end. So this is Beth speaking. Um, my experience with it is really cool that I enjoy people post questions like, hey, is this a fat friendly space? Like we have tickets to go see a hockey game. Can I sit in the seats? Like, like for me, knowing that I'm not going to sit there sideways in my seat, hoping I'm not leaning on the person next to me is really valid and makes me more comfortable and want to show up to these different events. I would second that. This is Daniela. I think what I've enjoyed most of that 
about that group is just the normalization about talking about being fat in spaces. And so I love seeing when people post events like, oh, we're doing a clothing swap because I've been to clothing swaps where I've gone and there's been nothing in my size and it's very frustrating. So I enjoy seeing what people are up to, how they're taking up space happily and proudly um, and with just so much joy and just doing all of the things that everyone in Denver is, is doing. So this is Beth again. I want to interject. Um, I didn't get to go to this event. I was out of town, but you guys had a pool day where it was large bodies got to go to a pool and feel fully accepted and valid at a pool. Like Noel, you went to this. You want to talk about that a moment? Yeah, it's a take on this event has happened in a lot of other places, uh, often called a, ch a chunky dunk. Uh, but basically we rent out a pool and we bring snacks and drinks and people bring things that they'd like to have. And then we all are in a safe place where we're not judged for our body size. We're so complimentary of each other in our fabulous swimsuits. We all look super hot and it's all genders, all body types and larger bodies. I really enjoyed that experience. I think it's the first time where I felt just a sense of belonging in the fat community outside at a pool in my entire life, having lived in a larger body my entire life. It was the only word that keeps coming to mind for this and for all bodies on bikes is just so much joy. I have goosebumps hearing you talk about that. Um, I remember watching Shrill, if folks remember that show. Um, and in the first season, they had that pool party. And I remember just feeling uh, joy watching it. And I, I can't even imagine. I know in Seattle, they used to do a couple of these events, and I never made it to one. But that sounds so, so, so awesome. Because um, like bikes are cool, but sometimes biking is hard work. And the idea of just kind of lounging in a pool with friends and other like fat babes sounds so lovely and incredible. I'm like, why did I pick biking as my sport? Like, can lounging be my sport? <laughs> well, now in Colorado, there's a group called Fat Babes in the Wild. This is Noel again. And they have had several beach days. So we go to a public beach, beach, Colorado, quote unquote, but at a local <laughs> reservoir. And we're amongst everyone else who's there. And there is body size diversity at these places, but we're not, we're showing up as a group. There's like safety in numbers, again, complimenting each other on our fabulous hot suits, trading all kinds of tips about how to be outside, sharing floaties, sharing tips on where to find floaties that fit our body sizes and our weights. And that group has just grown a whole lot, just like Denver Fatties, because there is a need to create community uh, and, and belonging in the fat community. And turns out fat people like to swim and we like to hike and we like to bike and we like to do all the things that standard size bodies do, but we've just accommodated ourselves or, you know, been uncomfortable. Um, so, oh man. And we a, like to do all those things with other people that like to do all those things. Ding, ding, ding. It's another, as another thing there. <laughs> Um, well, you know, when we started All Bodies on Bikes with the chapters, um, we wanted to fill a missing need in communities. Um, you know, from my own personal experience, um, I'd been left behind on far too many group rides. And, you know, that was even in like Seattle and Portland where there's this huge bike community. Um, so I guess for all of you, what was missing in the Denver community or, you know, what was kind of the impetus? Because when you think of Denver, you know, you think of it's a cycling community. Um, I guess what was missing there, um, without stating the obvious, um, that made you want to say, let's do this here. This is Tara. Um, when I moved to Denver about eight years ago, 
I joined a triathlon team. I, you know, tried to find my community because these are the sports that I enjoy. And I was able to find some teams, but they were very like intensely focused. And I wasn't always finding um, group training opportunities that I wanted. And so I feel like you are either semi-professional or doing things for social purposes, but there's very little kind of in between those two extremes. Um, so I felt like there was space for that opportunity if you weren't semi-professional, but you still wanted to challenge yourself with new um, races and, and events that you were kind of pushing yourself to complete. Anyone else? Yeah. So this is Daniela. I am very easily intimidated. So I have been in Colorado for about 14 years and I knew of writing groups mostly through social media and by seeing like literally seeing people on the street, having fun, doing great rides. Um, and they always looked fun. The people always looked nice. Like sometimes there's costumes, sometimes, sometimes there's like lights on bikes, there's music, they look great. But I had convinced myself that I wouldn't be fast enough, I wouldn't be prepared enough, and that I wouldn't be included and that I would literally be left behind or have to like pull off of a ride and just be like, okay, this was fun, see you guys later. Um, but after talking to Noelle and then getting to know Beth and Tara more, I felt like we could really fill a niche and of a community that we could co-create as a team and then with riders. So it would could be another point of entry into the cycling community that considers how to account for the size of rider, safety, ability, et cetera, and all from a place of so much support and kindness that I felt like was evident from day one when we came together as a team. Yeah, I love that point because I think a lot of folks um, are intimidated and have those thoughts of I'm going to be too slow. I won't be able to keep up. Um, you know, I'm going to be so out of breath or I'm literally going to get left behind. And I think that does genuinely happen to folks, even when there are those like fun rides or that they say they're inclusive. So um, I think that's a really, really important point. And I'm grateful that you all stepped up to the plate. Um, This is Maggie. I don't know if I'm supposed to. <laughs> it helps me keep track with who I am. So that's good <laughs> for this. Um. Talking about why you wanted to start All Bodies in your area, what is it about the work that All Bodies is a giant umbrella, but also All Bodies as a Denver chapter is doing that is so important? Why, why do we need this as badly as we need it? I'll start. This is Noelle and other folks can chime in. Similar to people's stories about wanting to find community where they won't be left behind. I am, when I go on other group rides, because I started to do that, I'm still usually the largest bodied person on those rides. And I still have size privilege. I live in a bigger body, but there are bigger bodies than mine that face more oppression, more uh, bias and greater challenges around equipment and gear and clothing. And so even though there are so many really great groups that are trying to be as inclusive as possible, just like we are, it's really important for leads to reflect the community we're trying to reach. So we have, we've had writers who are seven to 75 recently. We've had adaptive writers. We've had bodies of all sizes, um, a lot of other dimensions of diversity, a lot of other identities. And I think the fact that we can say 
that we represent a few of those communities and welcome others really means something in a place that, as we've talked about, has a, like a really intense fit culture, uh, a really intense culture around traditionally defined health. So I think this work hopefully will only strengthen other inclusive efforts. And we try really hard to partner with other groups and kind of signal boost them through our emails and our Instagram, but would love to hear if anyone else has anything to add. Hey, this is Beth. So um, the other cool thing about All Bodies on Bikes, we're about every type of bike. And in our spaces, like we see a lot of road bikes, we see a lot of the people that think they're on the Peloton, you know, setting a pace. I ride an e-bike and some, some group rides are explicitly not for e-bikes. So being part of All Bodies on Bikes, Yes, we are inclusive of every size of body, every type of orientation, but also it's a welcome space specifically for e-bikes. Um, our chapter, we're very clear on the pace. So yes, I have an e-bike. Yes, it can hit like 22 miles per hour, you know, like with, with the throttle, you know, it's a class two. But having that e-bike, it has held me back from feeling comfortable to go join and ride with these other groups because they're not explicit that every bike is allowed. You know, so I feel like it's so important, especially Denver has this awesome program where um, people can have a rebate to get um, a percentage off of an e-bike. And then you go to different stores. And that's how I, I was privileged enough to get one of those vouchers and get my bike. And it's been a game changer. Like I use it to commute. And now I'm actually able to go out and enjoy being at altitude, doing these hills. Like I could not do these hills without my e-bike you know I'm a large person I I moved here like two two years ago from sea level and there's just no way I could do any of these rides so I I would show up and be like okay this is not gonna be fun and I would just turn around and leave and like that's something that I think is amazing about all bodies on bikes is that we're not just about being there and being like a large person we're about you show up you're on a bike yes let's go have a great time yeah, it's funny. This week, um, I was privileged enough to go to the People for Bikes conference here in Bentonville, and they had the um, he's the I'm looking at his card right now, um, the transportation energy lead energy lead for the city of Denver, and he was talking about the e bike rebate program, um, and he was saying, you know, they've I forget the exact number, but basically every time they open up applications, they've sold out quote unquote within like two to five minutes. And so the demand is just off the charts. Um, but for folks who aren't familiar with it, basically, um, how much was it, Danielle? Was it three hundred or six hundred dollars? It's income based, Marley. So oh, if you yeah, have yeah. A, if you have a lower income, um, you could get a higher percentage. Okay. I got my voucher. I had two laptops and two cell phones trying to get it, and then um, there's also a statewide rebate that has just opened up this year as well. So that's something that other Colorado residents, not just Denver residents can look into. Yeah. And a number of states are also doing it. Um, Mike was, um, Mike Salisbury is his name. And he was very aware of the challenge of getting the, the, the rebate. Um, and so they are actively working on a different solution. Um, but the biggest solution is they, the feds, there's apparently an e-bike, um, bill maybe going through Congress if Congress ever does their thing. Um, <laughs> but hopefully this will expand to more Americans because you are absolutely right. You know, e-bikes are access um, and they are a tool and they make all of this accessible to so many more people. Um, so 
so much more to talk about here. Um, so I oh Maggie, go sorry, ahead. I have a piggyback question, kind of that's not on our list of questions, because I've noticed several people that I've talked to in my area about doing some group rides are using language that is very like bicycle specific. Uh, like you have to be on be able to ride a standard bicycle, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, and I know something that we've talked about within All Bodies on Bikes is that you guys do a really good job of advertising your rides um, and and doing posts and making people feel comfortable to bring their e-bikes and their adaptive cycles and stuff. So do you have any advice for people who are listening who want to throw a group ride and really want to make sure that even in the ads beforehand, they're making anybody that has the ability to power any sort of wheeled item <laughs> comfortable to come hang out on that ride this is noelle maggie can you say wheeled one more time because i really like how you say a wh sound i said a wheeled yes okay thanks tara i saw You're you welcome. about to speak so i'll kick it over okay this is tara i was just going to say i think being very clear on these are the surfaces and terrains that we're going to be on if you feel safe on your bicycle on these terrains please come and then also kind of this is the pace we're going to have. We've had some people show up who want to push the pace. We don't want to push the pace. And so kind of making making sure the expectations are clear that we're not on a training ride. We're on a social ride and you should be able to ride on this type of surface for this many miles. So being really explicit with what we're planning. And if your equipment fits that ride, please come. If we're on gravel and you only have a skinny tire bike, please come next time. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you guys have also done an amazing job at is, um, I mean, it's all part of the same thing, but the language around kids on bikes, because we always say, you know, all ages, all abilities, all genders, but we don't necessarily really mean all ages. Um, can you talk about how you've handled kids joining these rides? I'll jump in first. This is Noelle. I, that language that we used most recently actually came from kind of a pain point moment on one of our rides. So um, a couple parents showed up with a bike that had a seat for a child, but also showed up with their kiddo on a Strider bike. And it was the longest ride we had planned to date of 13 miles with our very first climb that we definitely expected folks to want and need to walk. And we always support walking hills, right? Hike a bike if you need to. And we did explain to them about the ride and how long. And um, I think a couple other people who are on this call stayed with them. And I was more, Tara and I were more at the front. So they should talk about what that experience was like. But after that, um, it really felt important in the next description to talk about trailers are welcome. Kids in seats are welcome. However, strider bikes won't be appropriate for this ride because of the distance and the pace. So sometimes it might feel like we're almost too explicit in our communication, but if we can describe what the ride will be like in probably three different ways to reach how people will think and learn and visualize, then I think we're really reaching people just where they're at, which is what we should be doing is meet people where they're at. But if someone else wants to share what that was like to hang back, like stay back with them and, and talk to them about the ride, I'd, I'd really love to hear that too. Okay, I'm going to jump on. Um, this is Beth. Again, I ride my e-bike and it's really helpful on these rides because I can kind of zoom around as needed. Um, like it doesn't make me out of breath to catch up to the group. So the this specific family, um, they were super enthusiastic. They're like, yeah, we have a plan. We have the, the um, we have ride GPS. We've downloaded it. Um, we know your route. And I was like, okay, cool. 
you know, do you want me to stay with you or do you want to take this ride on? And they're like, we're just going to do this ride. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go catch up to the ride. Um, typically, especially that route, there was a lot of stoplights and things like that, that I got in the middle of intersections or in turn lanes to make sure a car didn't turn into our group and keep it really safe for everybody. You know, um, I don't think we saw these people make that first red light, like that first, it would have been maybe three quarters of a mile to the first turn. I don't think we saw them after then. We didn't see them at the social event after. And I'm really grateful that they showed up, but it's also like a missed opportunity of having this kid on a Strider bike. Um, for people that don't know what a Strider bike, it's a great tool to teach a kid how to ride a bike where there's no pedals, they're just kicking along. Um, typically it's for kids that are three or under that are just learning how to be confident on a bicycle on two wheels without training wheels. You know, So I just wanted to define that if there's someone who isn't familiar with it. Um, but I, I love that we are super inclusive. We want tag alongs. We want kids on the bars, like sitting in between like the parents. We want them on the back. We want them in trailers. Like it's been so cool watching like families come out and removing that barrier of, hey, I'm not going to ride today because I can't bring my child. Yeah, I, I really love that. And um, I love how gracefully you guys handled it and really provided a model for our other chapters. Um, because I, I don't know if any of our other chapters had experienced that. Um, but I think, you know, the language that you are now choosing to use and the modeling of that has been helpful for all of us. Um, because our, our rides aren't explicitly family rides necessarily, you know, we're not centering kids. Um, but like you said, you know, childcare is an issue or they want their children to come on their bike ride um, and they should feel welcome. Um, so I'm just incredibly grateful. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to talk about that um, as a learning experience. So, um, so each of you were involved in the bike community um, before All Bodies on Bikes. Um, can you tell us about that experience and what made you want to get involved with All Bodies on Bikes? I'm going to start calling on folks because silence does not work well on podcasts. <laughs> I'll jump in. Uh, this is Daniela. So I really wasn't involved in the bike community. So at best, I was a voyeur for years. Um, and then about two years ago, I connected with a few fat folks wanting to get back into doing sprint triathlons. Shout out to Colorado Hippos Tri Club. Um, and that was really the impetus for buying a used bike and getting out there. So before that, I hadn't ridden a bike in years. So between the Hippos Club and ABOB, both provided structure and community to keep me on my bike as part of the sprint triathlon training and just get to meet some really, really incredible people. I would say that I joined group rides to find routes. I was kind of like, I don't know where to ride. I, you know, I, I don't know all the routes. I don't know the good places to go. So I would go on group rides or I would look for group rides, download their routes and then go ride them by myself. <laughs> so um, I have learned a lot about the area and where to go and what good places are to go. But I feel like there's a contingent of people who can't necessarily or don't feel comfortable necessarily just jumping on a triathlon training ride and being like, cool, I'm going to go do this and learn the route. And so sharing what I've learned about awesome places to ride and beautiful places to go um, is an important piece too, because that's a huge barrier. When I moved to a new place, one of the biggest barriers to me getting on my bike 
is knowing what roads are safe, where are the bike paths, how can I put together a route that I'm not going to regret when I get halfway through it. Yeah, I'll add, uh, this is Noelle about my experience. So I started biking when I moved to Denver a lot more. And I started biking a lot more when I moved to Denver in 2011. And I got more involved in cycling to the point where I did the half century for Denver Century and experienced what that group ride was like and what it a supported ride was supposed to look like or could look like. And I had a, a lot of learnings about that and how I felt in my body when I finished it and whether I had trained for it. And then my wife and I have ridden in the uh, Colorado Children's Hospital Courage Classic three times now, which is a two-day fundraiser ride in the in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, and that is much more of a, a ride. It's not a race. There's aid stations are incredible. There's costumes. It's for an amazing cause. There's families everywhere. There's all kinds of bikes. And still, even through all of those experiences, when I would look around, I would just think, I know that there's more size diversity than this. I know there's more cycling diversity than this. I know there's a real opportunity to create more community than what exists. And I just had never found what I wanted to experience. So I think being part of a couple of organized events and then riding on my own through the city a bunch for commuting or just for joy um, saw this gap that I knew if I was experiencing, I'm sure other people were as well in the Denver area. All right, last not least, of course, it's Beth. Um, so my experience, um, I've lived around the country in a few spots. Um, I grew up in Chicago suburbs and I was car free for a number of years where I just commuted back and forth to work because my commute was five miles and it was super flat. Um, I also lived in Lexington, Kentucky um, for nine years before moving here to Denver. And Lexington, Kentucky, it's a very small city, um, college town, but like everyone's involved. And we had um, a program called um, Lexington Social Cycling Group. And we had themed rides and it was just bring your bike, show up, have a good time. Maybe we go to a park and make coffee or hang hammocks or fly kites, or there's a full moon ride. But um, I just really wanted something of the same casual friendly nature here in Denver. And as a transplant, I wasn't really finding it. You know, so that's what really drew me into the um, ABOB and um, community. That's fantastic. Tara, I really resonated with the whole like getting halfway through a ride that you just kind of haphazardly planned. And you're like, oh, the biggest mountain in this town. That's great. I love that for me. Oh, my gosh. Well, y'all, I like that everybody just talked about so many very different things. And you guys have already done so many very different rides this year as ABOB chapter leaders, do you have like some standout highlights? What have been some of the best moments from all of your crazy fun things that you've done this year so far? This and is if you Tara. Wanna... Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, if you just want to like kind of give us an overview of the different rides that you've done, because you've done yeah. a gravel ride, you've done a bunch of different stuff. So tell us about it. This is Tara. We did a joint ride with one of our local REI um, chapter or uh, shops. And one of the uh, couples that was on the ride with us had just bought bikes for their wedding. It was their wedding present to themselves. And it was the longest ride they'd ever done. It was the hardest ride they'd ever done. And they were brand new bikes. And they had so much fun. Like they were so thankful to have a place to go and, you know, break in the new bicycles. That was one of my memorable times. That's amazing. 
this is Noel. I think one of my favorite things is when people, we always, we almost always ask, is anyone new to a group ride? I think some of the highlights that I recall most clearly over the last year is seeing people make friends and build community. So we always ask, are you new to group rides or do you have mechanic experience and often do an icebreaker in the beginning as simple as share a time recently when you experienced joy in the outdoors. Just meet someone you've never met before to establish that we're here as a community and to take care of each other. And then people have traded cell phone numbers, they've gone paddle boarding, they've connected after the rides and then they've returned to our rides. And then this last ride we had, we had a, a, a younger kiddo who really wanted to come on the ride with her aunt and she got on the trail and she was told how long it was, which was like eight miles. And she's like, I just don't know if I can do this. And by the end, she shared with me how proud she was that she finished the ride, that she felt really great about it. And that just like starting from such a young age of accomplishing something they didn't think they could do, but they really wanted to because they loved the activity is something I really wish that I had had as a kid. And we do this for all ages. And it's like the highlight is just the overall experience of this building community for me. I love that. I remember my first 10 mile ride um, was as an adult, but it felt like such an accomplishment. Um, and now I should remember to celebrate those little victories because I'm like, oh, it's just 10 miles, but 10 miles is still a long ways. Eight miles is a long way. Um, you guys have done some partnerships. Um, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Noel, um, but there's some other really cool, inclusive groups in Denver. Um, I feel like I see it on Instagram, you know, Fems and Thems, and there's couple other groups. Um, do you want to talk about those partnerships at all and how you're elevating other folks and working together? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've said this to you before, Marley, but the fact that you came out for our inaugural ride really brought out the groups. <laughs> we didn't even know necessarily who was with who yet. And uh, once people started sharing as we went out and greeted everyone, you know, I'm from this group, I'm from this group, we did the impromptu intro opportunity so people could just share who they were. And that really kicked us off in a strong way that those folks came out to support our initial ride. Um, and since then, we've been just learning more and more and boosting more folks. So we can maybe include them in the show notes or something at the end. But just to mention a few folks and apologies that it won't be comprehensive. There's Ride for Racial Justice here, Black Girls Do Bike Denver. You mentioned Fems and Thems. I just went on an amazing Halloween decoration night ride with them recently. I know, it was so cool. Radical Adventure Riders has started a Front Rage chapter here. There are a couple of um, women and Latina women-focused mountain biking programs. Queer Plus Bikes is huge here in Fort Collins. They do a lot of great gravel rides. And then we also have had a couple of shops reach out to us about wanting to start rides or have them there. And for example, Treehouse Cyclery, who you just had Alyssa on the podcast, she is starting to lead social rides from their shop in Denver. So there's always more groups that I find and we find online. But if folks want to reach out to us and um, we'll signal boost you in our emails and our social media, for sure. We just want everyone to experience joy on the bikes wherever and with whomever they can. Awesome. I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, when we had our chapter leader retreat, we talked about how this works. And we know that All Bodies on Bikes isn't necessarily going to be the everything to everybody. But there are other groups doing amazing work that is um, collaborative and really in line with our mission for joy. Um, so thanks for really taking that to heart. Um, also, if any of y'all want to come to Arkansas and lead some or start some inclusive rides, 
um, we could use your help here. Uh, <laughs> I'm writing down that list for the show notes and all of those groups will be in the show notes. We'll link to their social media. Um, but yeah, that is incredible. Um, almost a, like I imagine on any given day, you have to choose which inclusive ride you're going to do. Um, so speaking of, um, you guys have talked about this a couple times, but um, let me let me read this question because I wrote it. Um, so what are some of the challenges of organizing and hosting inclusive rides? It's not all sunshine and roses and happy faces. This is Tara. Um, I sometimes end up in the front of our ride because I've got a bike computer that tells me how fast we're going. So it's nice to be able to pace that way. But that also means that I sometimes have to um, diplomatically have conversations with people who got into something they didn't expect. And so like someone who's antsy to get going, doesn't want to wait for someone to get up the hill. Um, you know, we're waiting to gather up the group and they're just kind of itching to go. Um, and so that could be just like, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with the route group and you just, or the route and you just want to head out, let me know. So I know not to look for you, but that's totally fine. Or, or just having some boundaries of like, no, this is what we're doing because there's some people here who've never been on a ride before and try to give them some sense of empathy for why we're standing here waiting in the sun, even though you're not, this isn't what you want to be doing right now. This is what somebody else needs right now. So just trying to like draw them into some empathy um, or give them permission to, to do what they need to do and move on if that's what they want. If I could just jump in, this is Noelle, and offer that Tara, everything you described about being able to communicate with someone of various types of folks is actually why I want you at the front of the ride. Not because of your bike computer. I can use my cell phone for that. But you have experience in setting the pace and communicating with folks and ensuring that we're really living into our values as a group and that you can accommodate where those folks want to push at you or just let them go. So I just want to give you a little shout out because that's really not because of your bike computer. Thank you. Yeah, and that's never a fun role to take. Um, sometimes when I'm leading a, a ride, I'll just say it at the beginning, you know, like, if you're here to rip your legs off and go fast, this is not the ride for you. Um, like, you're welcome to join, but if you're trying to get a workout in, you might want to keep riding later. Um, but that is a very real challenge. Um, any other challenges y'all want to highlight? And if not, that's okay. Just getting a lot of head shakes. Cool. Well, I there's think no, that's with... the only challenge. <laughs> it's the only challenge at all. Um, yeah. I think one thing that I really do appreciate about y'all too, is you ask for feedback um, and then you've implemented that feedback. Um, and that's been a really great model for some of our other chapters as well. Um, so thank you for doing that. Um, so we'll just have a couple more questions here and then we'll wrap up. Um, so this is a really fun question. Um, what does your dream Denver cycling community look like? Um, and then kind of on top of that, what work needs to be done to get there? I'm going to ask Beth to go first. Okay. So Denver is amazing for the cycling community. There are so many niche groups as we've already kind of discussed. Um, and there's groups for coffee rides, um, outside there's art tours by bike history tours by bike. There's groups for various like identities, goals, and styles of riding, like different locations. Like if you want a road bike, if you want gravel, if you want mountain bike, there's something for everybody. Um, 
the awesome thing is there's space for all of us and there, it's not competitive. It's not like, oh, our group is better than yours. It's like, no, we're all here. We're all doing this. We're all experiencing this awesome moment on a bike. It just depends how each person wants it. Um, one thing I would love to see in Denver, like the work that needs to be done to build that dream community is have a singular resource where every single group posts, this is the ride we're doing. Like maybe it's an Excel sheet. Maybe it's like, better for social media where there's like a link tree to like this is all the different groups we know you know but every single day of the week there's a ride with other people going on a ride there's no reason if you want to ride with someone else that you have to be like okay I don't know what I'm doing today I'm just gonna go ride by myself like that would be my dream community is just that we all have that connection and we always have someone to ride with if we want to I totally agree with that, Beth. This is Tara. I've spent so many hours Googling groups trying to find things. I would love to find a resource that just a one-stop shop. Yeah, like coming here as a transplant, like it was um, almost intimidating because there's so many group rides and it's like, okay, how do I sort it? Like, what is the mileage? What is the elevation? Like, it's not all explicit as to like, can I actually go and have a good time? Like that's other information that I would also want included. on mute. Um, how's the infrastructure in Denver? Is it pretty decent? Um, is there still a lot of work to be done? I see a deep breath from Noel. I'm guessing you have something to say. Please tell us. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Noel. Um, I used to work in and around the transportation scene in Denver. And now we have a couple of folks who come to our rides who actually work in that field. So it's really cool to hear all the improvements that are happening and have happened in the last, what, 12 years that I've lived here. And still, I think as we get further out from the city center into neighborhoods that are have been systemically disadvantaged and have been under or uninvested in over time, there is a lot less infrastructure and support for folks to get around who might be using bikes as transportation. There's no other options. We're challenged with our public transit, even though we've continually tried to see improvements in that. So I think that to a certain extent, when you look at like there's over 200, that's a guess, miles of actual trails. When we look at the connectivity of the city, there I think are some really large gaps between neighborhoods and between services. And there are really a lot of people working on it. I want to recognize that work. It's still true that they exist. Anything you'd add, Tara or Daniela, for your, your dream Denver cycling community? Yeah, this is Daniela. I think the only thing I would add is shared understanding, respect, and honoring of the bike lanes we do have. We do have, like, relative to other cities and towns, even Noel alluded to, there's parts of Denver that do have really well-marked bike lanes and, and pathways for people to move around. And when you're in a car, you don't always are thinking about those bike lanes or that someone might actually be using those bike lanes. So we are known as a, an activities-based city, an outdoor kind of place to be. And not everyone likes that there's bikes on the road. It just is. I think we're in the midst of, of a phase of culture change for cars and bikes to be sharing the road. We're not quite there yet. Um, but I, I would just love to see just 
just an honoring of, of people who are really trying to not use their cars for a myriad of reasons um, and just allow folks to take up space in that way as well. If I could add this, add one thing on that. This is Noelle. The other, the flip side of that is my dream cycling community in Denver would be that people who are pathletes or who try to be athletes on the path that ride well above the 15 mile an hour speed limit that never call on your left, that scare me actually when they pass me, they go somewhere else. They don't mm. use the paths to train. That's not really what they're for. And with my bike commute home the other day, it was gorgeous fall leaves. But within the first two miles, I think I was passed by nine or 10 people just booking it at least 20 miles an hour down the path with no regard for anyone else, all kinds of bikes and cyclists. And so there is a cultural issue in the cycling community, I think, that exists here as well. I would love to see that change. I have never heard the term pathletes and now want to make a social media meme page designated only for pathlete memes. That's the best thing I've heard all week. I'm just going to say. Oh, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I got yes. passed on the right today by a pathlete. I was like, bro, what are you doing? And then he was like, hi, Marley. <laughs> like, it's really hard to get mad at somebody when they're like kind to you. I Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, Noelle. It's a I think it's a challenge everywhere. Um so. I was riding my e-bike, eating a fruit tart, and like passed a guy on a like a really aero bike wearing all his Rafa gear, and I just like cheersed him with my fruit tart and was like, "Good morning." He said no words. <laughs> um, back in the day in Seattle, actually, this was probably ten years ago. I gave a presentation called "Bike Nice Seattle," basically telling people that like hey we're out we're all out here on bikes like it's okay to say hi to somebody it's okay to wave like there's no need to be a jerk um and we made stickers that was like bike nice seattle um it never really took off um but in my heart it did and it made me feel good to at least like channel that energy i was like i'm gonna make a really good presentation about this so um Girl. yeah um okay so one last question um before we get into our final two questions um maggie do you want to ask it do you want me to ask it i'd be i'd be thrilled to ask this question beautiful um you guys are doing it y'all i'm gonna do y'all you guys i did i said it once before and i was like i need to not say it again and then i did so i'm gonna just dip into my roots and say y'all are doing a real good job of leading inclusive rides out there um what advice do you have for people that are listening to this and want to be inclusive in rides? I know some people, uh, I have a friend personally that I'm just going to give a random shout out to who just bought like a kayak uh, guide service in North Carolina. Uh, she's fantastic. And she listens to the podcast because she wants to be really inclusive when she's leading kayak tours. So biking, any kind of activity, what advice do you have for people who are trying to make sure that they are inclusive of anybody that could want to do anything that they can do? Some things that I, this is Daniela, so a couple things that I try to keep in mind is who do we want to show up for that ride? How do we design for that person? And how do we anticipate their needs? A second layer to that is I try to anticipate how the isms might show up. And we don't get it right every time, and there are misses. But I try to think about on this ride, how might sizeism show up? How might racism show up? How might ableism show up? 
and so on and so forth, just to try to get a sense of how do we design better? How do we communicate better? Um, and for the most part, as a team, we've been able to do preview rides with each other. That has been incredibly helpful in being able to account for and anticipate needs and as they relate to the way different isms might show up. So that has been super helpful just in helping to inform um, the rides that we lead. Yeah, this is Noel. I'll add so I don't speak last and take up too much time, but one is to be a little bit of a troublemaker. Make sure that folks meet each other. Make sure that we're greeting every single person that comes up to us for the ride. If someone's alone, maybe introduce them to other people and help them move over to the group as we're forming. Uh, we have a cheer if you're an ABOB leader. If you say all bodies and get a group to say on bikes, it really like shakes out some of the anxiety. I usually get people to do it three times. I asked Tara last time if she wanted to do it, but she said she wanted me to do it because I'm gregarious is the word you used. Um, and like kind of be unflappable that this is about joy. Like this, this is why we're here. We always say, I always encourage folks on an inclusive ride to say, if, if your body doesn't feel joyful right now, it's okay. It's okay to choose to do something different right now. Um, and to really encourage people to take care of each other, like I said before, it's just that like there are certain tactics to help build community in a real quick way so that folks feel comfortable while like, just like Daniela said, we try and facilitate the conditions where everyone is welcome beforehand. And we encourage people to do that with each other. Nice. And this is Tara. I think just getting feedback is the other piece of that, because we're not going to anticipate everything and we're not going to get it right every time, no matter how hard we try. And so if people can tell us what we missed, we can do better next time. Beth, anything you want to add? Yeah, just that um, to be more inclusive for any type of event, you just want to be very explicit. This is what the expectation should be. Um, give people the choice. Do I want to do that distance? Do I want to do that pace? Do I want to do that type of terrain? Um, personally, I've skipped a lot of rides because they didn't they weren't clear about what I could expect and I'm like I don't want to show up and have a bad time and then dislike being on my bike or whatever activity it might be so that that's just really the only thing I would have to add is make sure you're very explicit like overshare what to expect at that event yeah I love that um so wrap well before we wrap up where can folks find out more about all bodies on bikes Denver and your upcoming events obviously the show notes, we will have their details here. But if you're listening, because I'm notorious, I've never looked at podcast show notes. Supposedly people look at them. I don't know, <laughs> but we'll have the details in there. But for other audio processors, where can folks find you? They can find, this is Noel. They can find us at allbodiesonbikes underscore Denver on Instagram. And they can also email us at abobdenver at gmail.com if Instagram isn't their thing. Yeah, it's abobdenver at gmail. Um, and like I said, we'll have that in the show notes. Um, did y'all want to give a shout out to these other groups or did we, did we already do that earlier? We covered that. Okay, cool. I thought so, but just to make sure, and we'll make sure that we have a link to all of those, the black girls do bike and fems and thems and, um, all the amazing groups that our chapter has collaborated with. Um, so in wrapping up, um, we've got 
our two last questions that we ask everybody. And we'll kind of do this as a lightning round. Um, so the first question is, and I'm going to call on you. Um, what is your perfect day outside? We're going to start with Beth. All right. So perfect day outside. It's got to be sunny. There's got to be a tailwind. I've got to be with really good friends. I got to have coffee. Love it. You were ready All for that. Things. That is <laughs> All of the good things. Yes. I'm going to popcorn over to Daniela. Thanks, Beth. Uh, my perfect day is actually probably around this time, just going on a nice hike, mid-60s, upper 60s in temperature, and just being among golden aspen trees and just watching the leaves fall as I do my hike. I'll pass it over to Tara. Um, I came pretty close a couple weekends ago up in Rocky Mountain National Park, not a cloud in the sky, 65 degrees, fall colors, and the road was closed to cars. It was perfect. Did you ride? All, sorry, Noel, we'll get to you in a second. But because I went to Rocky Mountain National Park, I know that road. Did you ride all the way up to the top? Old Fall River Road was the one that was closed. So we rode okay. up all, all Old Fall River Road, not Trail Ridge. It ends at the same spot at the top. That's incredible. That ends Beautiful. at like, it's like 12,000 feet or something. About that. Wow. I remember driving that and the whole time saying out loud in the car, man, I would hate to bike this. <laughs> yeah, my husband was on his e-bike. He loved it. <laughs> and going down, I'm sure, was a lot of fun. But wow. Absolutely. That sounds <laughs> incredible. Um, and last but not least, Noel. Slight breeze, a little cool in a hammock with a blanket and a book and probably three beverages. At least. At least three <laughs> beverages at all times. You and Maggie cut from the same cloth I there. keep increasing in how many beverages I have to have at once. It's getting out of control. <laughs> and then our final question uh, for just everybody. Uh, we've talked a lot about bikes. We talk a lot about bikes. Everybody's into lots of stuff. What's something else that you wish you got to talk to more people about? I'll go first so I'm not last. This is Noelle. How to temperature check a cake so it's perfectly baked like you would a steak. Yes. We're going to bring you back on the podcast just to talk about that because I would like to know that. We're talking about like temp checking, not like where you stick the little straw in the cake. Correct. With a okay. thermometer. All right. All right. Oh, Dang. okay. Okay. Oh. Mm -hmm. Not like grandma used to do it. Mm -hmm. Understood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Tara, let's go to you. Tara I just don't giggling. have an answer ready. <laughs> Tara just really, really loves bikes and that is okay. Yeah. And it's exceptionally valid. Yeah. We'll we'll come back to you at the very end just in case. Um let's go to Daniela. Okay, so I'm not great off the cuff and I tend to go like too deep when I don't know people very well yet. But I'm just gonna go for it. No such thing. Yep, embrace it. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Maggie. I got um, you. I, I wish people would ask me more about the unique experience of being a white Latina. Because people think of the Latinx community in this country in a certain way where it's really hard to know how I fit in mm -hmm. and be an ally to people in a community that I am also a part of. And so when people talk about it as like a race versus an ethnicity, ethnicity versus a culture, I'm just like, oh my God, can we please talk about this some more? Because there's so many layers to what you said. So anyway, that is my little thing that I wish people would ask me more about. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you for that. And Beth. Okay. 
Um, I wish more people would ask me about coffee and the best way to brew it. There is a huge flavor difference between a French press, a pour over or a drip. Um, I also have this really cool little thing that looks like a pipe that you hold a little flame under and you get one little espresso shot for all that effort. It is called a bripe. It is the most hipster pretentious thing I have in my life, but it also makes really good coffee. And I've never wanted anything more in my life than one of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. This has been an excellent conversation. Um, I feel like I don't say it enough. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for volunteering. Um, Thank you for bringing this vision to life that Kaylee and I had of leading or having inclusive rides across the country. Um, Thank you for being a great model for the rest of our chapters. Um, And thank you for being on the show. Maggie. Everyone's pressuring us to circle back to pressure Tara. Oh, what else she'd like. Oh, you almost got away with it. (laughs) So close. All right. I'm a science nerd at heart. I've probably had three different careers. Um, So pretty much anything that falls under the umbrella of science is fair game. Amazing. Very cool. Um, And with that, we are done. Thank you, Denver All Bodies on Bikes chapter leaders. Um, Do you have any rides coming up that you want to shout out real quickly? I realize this was not on the list, but um, I heard on a podcast recently that there might be a partnership with Opt Outside coming up in November. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if ABOB is doing that, maybe, maybe that will be our next ride. Otherwise, no. Yes. Information coming soon um, to all of you chapter leaders. Um, <laughs> so, yes, look for a ride on Black Friday, um, also known as Opt Outside Day, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and it sounds like Denver is definitely in. Um, details coming soon. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And with that, thank you so much for being on the show, y'all. Thank you. Bye. Go Denver. Thanks for having us. Have a great night, y'all. Are you tired of getting caught in the rain with poorly fitting flimsy rainwear? Well, let me introduce you to Cleverhood, makers of thoughtfully designed, durable, and size-inclusive rainwear. Cleverhood is designed by women, but is made for everyone who wants to embrace the elements and enjoy the ride, no matter the weather. Cleverhood was born out of the need to make rainy days into happy days, and with multiple choices of styles and sizes, all bodies can stay dry, visible, and happy. Maggie and I especially love their rain cape. Literally, the only thing you need to fit is the head hole. Otherwise, it just fits. It's so cute and functional, and I feel like a superhero when I ride my bike in it. All of Cleverhood's designs have reflective elements thoughtfully integrated, including an option to customize it with the All Bodies on Bikes logo. They're also sustainable, with most of their fabrics made from recycled fibers and PFC-free DWRs. Social sustainability matters to Cleverhood, too, and they only work with certified producers who follow labor and environmental standards, and they give nearly 5% of their profits back to community organizations, including All Bodies on Bikes. So whether you're commuting on a dreary morning, walking your dog in the rain, or waiting for the bus, Cleverhood is a great option. And remember, you can use the code ALLWEATHER for 15% off of your order. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Thank you.